0: And welcome to the Guna Talk, back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Join you every morning at 8am UK time, hope you're doing good, hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for making this a part of your morning routines, it is very much appreciated. And if you haven't done so already, drop a like on the video and of course subscribe to the channel if you are new around here, turn those notifications on so hopefully you never miss a show, even when I'm 20 minutes late, which I wasn't today, but yesterday there was important things going on in the world like race cars <laughs> anyway good morning uh those joining us live in the chat box hope you're doing well Stephen, good morning to you to matt g to martin to stevie to carl abouken good morning to you uh black shine good morning dave akmal keems uh tabani uh, and plenty more of you too uh, there's lots of discuss today uh lots to discuss indeed uh we've got plenty uh to talk about so let's not waste any more time and get straight into things first of all what's A goal. Haiti McCabe, take a bow. Unbelievable strike uh, to win Arsenal's game. Crucial victory against Manchester City in the WSL yesterday, which of course means that uh, Arsenal move above Manchester City in the WSL table. It is extremely tight at the top. Manchester United currently still top, having played 17 games on 41 points. Chelsea, one point behind, having played a game less uh, on 40 points. Arsenal have played a game less than United as well, same amount of games played as Chelsea, two points behind them on 38 and that win over Man City moved them above uh, their rivals on goal difference, I've uh, got 11 goals plus on City, both on 18 points but Arsenal have played a game less than Manchester City as well. If you have not yet seen Katie, McGa- uh, Katie McCabe's strike, please make sure you take your time out of your day to go and watch it because it is... I mean, I thought Freedom Arnhem's goal was going to be the best goal of Arsenal's season. But uh, it was topped. <laughs> it was topped within the space of a week. Fantastic stuff. Uh, so certainly, please, go and seek it out. It's worth your time. Uh, moving forwards, uh, yesterday's Premier League men's action. Uh, Rice and, uh, and West Ham United beat Southampton 1-0. Um, to move them away from the relegation zone, moved them up to 14. Relevant to us, of course, because with Arsenal making uh, Decla Rice their their main transfer target for the summer. Uh any price could be affected by whether or not West Ham indeed do, of course, stay up. And it was a massive win. Southampton looking in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. Meanwhile, title cha- <laughs> title challenging Manchester United. Nearly wasn't able to get that sentence out. Um, lost to Newcastle United at St. James's Park. Joe Willock, of course, getting a goal, and Callum Wilson uh, with the other as well. Uh, A brilliant result for Newcastle, moving them back into the top four and into third place uh spurs of course play today and we'll be looking to try and recover positions in the top four as well so it's uh again it's extremely tight at the top of the premier league just like the wsl in terms of the top four race less so at the top 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 of the league with arsenal of course still eight points clear of manchester city um who don't have a midweek game either do we both get ga- both teams sorry going into their weekend's games fully rested however liverpool will play Chelsea. And uh, there's lots to discuss in the Premier League managerial situation, which we'll do shortly. But first of all, Nuno Tavares was reportedly, according to L'Equipe, kicked out of Marseille training. Um, The full details and the full uh, understanding of this is still yet to obviously come out. However, Tudor, the uh, Croatian Marseille uh, manager, uh, has basically spoken about the idea that if players aren't running, if they're not putting in enough effort he has to intervene after a number of reminders and nuno tavares's price continues to fall from that fabled 40 million pounds that so many people thought that we would be able to get for him it's already been suggested that marseille will not indeed be signing nuno tavares uh, at the summer at the end of the end of the season in the summer um and arsenal will need to find uh, somebody else to try and sign nuno tavares from them in the summer on a permanent contract. Still has the six goals this season. It'll be interesting to see indeed how and where Tavares' minutes come from between now and the end of the campaign, if indeed this is the end of his time with Marseille. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully he turns things around to it, forgives him, and he can get back into the side, getting plenty of minutes and convincing somebody else to take a bit of a risk on him. But, uh, Interesting to know what Mikel Arteta thinks of Nuno Tavares' behaviour, if indeed he has got kicked out of training and this report by Lekeep is indeed true. Leicester have sacked Brendan Rodgers. He... Was the first managerial uh, victim, if you like, of yesterday. Wasn't the only one, which we'll talk about shortly, of course, as well. Um, but Leicester sacking Brendan Rogers. If it was me, I feel as though I can feel this being Tottenham's next manager. I don't know what it is. I haven't got that on good authority. I don't know this for a fact. I've just got that feeling that I feel as though it's just it just fits doesn't it i feel like brendan rogers going to tottenham is is the next logical step for him i know that his job at Leicester wasn't that great i know there are a lot of arsenal fans that would like to have seen brendan rogers uh, rock up at the emirates at some point thank goodness we never made that choice but as i said he was not the only managerial uh, victim of the day graham potter was sacked by chelsea despite the project despite the process despite all the talk of giving this guy time, despite all the talk of him having the full backing of the Chelsea board, despite everything going on around the idea that Chelsea were changing. Chelsea were a new club. Yes, they've still got lots of money, but they were going to invest time and they were going to wait until things happened. They didn't, and they've sacked Graham Potter. Uh, They could not take the rough. Uh, They enjoyed the smooth start. that he had five wins out of his first six games, I think it was. And despite paying Brighton £20 million to get uh, Graham Potter through the doors, they will now have to agree settlement severance packages, if you like, to eradicate uh, his time with them after signing a five-year contract. You can imagine it is going to cost them a serious amount of money to get rid of Potter. I do feel for the guy. I think it's ludicrous that they ever thought... That in a season where they spent 600 million quid on players in the space of two January, uh, two windows, including the January transfer window, that he was going to be able to gel that group, get the maximum from them. And now what they're going to do is they're going to bring in a new coach who again starts at square one with all of these players and the potential to spend even more money and somehow then has to try and gel that group and get them into European competition for next season. The likelihood is that they won't get into European competition for next season because they're lost against Aston Villa, Drop them into the second half of the Premier League table. Always a pleasure to see the Premier League table, of course. But now Chelsea sit in 11th place, 38 points, 38 points. I mean, they are something like, I think, 34 um, behind Arsenal now, um, Liverpool. Liverpool. Uh, 30 points behind Arsenal. Two playing, two games played less, of course, than Arsenal. But goodness me, um, it has been a hell of a season and a hell of a campaign and some crazy things have happened. But uh, I do feel for Graham Potter and I think that at a job where he was given more time and the ability to come in probably in the summer window, where he was able to make choices that he wanted and able to make signings that he wanted, things would have got better. And that was what I was told by Chelsea fans continuously. It was, well, once Potter gets his own players, once he gets the the guys in that he's going to be able to instill his style of play, it'll be fine. And that hasn't been given the opportunity to do. And instead, Chelsea fans have completely lost their heads and they've called for this guy's head for some time because that's what they're used to. I think for me, this again goes to highlight... Josh Cronkey it goes to highlight the people making the decisions at the club it goes to highlight how success can come through being patient and through allowing a manager time to instill their ideas to get the players in they want and even if you go through a significant period of rough which you know Arsenal definitely did we definitely definitely did finishing 8th twice people calling for the manager's head, including myself after the Villarreal game. I could not see a way forward for Mikel Arteta there because I was naive and I could not see it. But now you look at what time does in a case in point like Arsenal and uh, I sincerely hope that Chelsea wither and die as a club. I really, really do because they are a horrible, horrible institution of football. Uh, Moving forward and back to Arsenal, uh, Lindstrom. Uh, the transfer target of the club attacking midfielder at the corner, play so playing wide areas for Frankfurt, Arsenal and Liverpool are said to be battling it out this summer for the player. Uh, Arsenal have had an interest in him since probably way back as summer 2022. There was also interest in January as well. Um, but Lindstrom is set to be one of the players that we hear quite a lot between now and throughout probably the summer transfer window and our final story of the day Vito Roque's agent is said to have held talks with both Arsenal and Chelsea I know what the right choice is <laughs> do you <laughs> between the two sides um, very exciting young striker playing at the moment for Atletico Pananense uh, same club as Bruno Guimaraes where he used to play Um, and uh, is a player that Arsenal supposedly have a big interest in. Barcelona also were very interested, but their financial situation has basically rendered them um, unable to compete. Uh, Supposedly has a price tag of around €50 million, very expensive, uh, but as one of the Brazil is producing some exceptionally expensive talents at the moment. So if you don't know much about him, but of course, if we are still linked to Vitor Roque come the summer, we'll certainly be doing plenty of tactical breakdowns. Or if we look like a deal suddenly spurns out of nowhere and he's going to get close to doing before the season finishes, you can be sure that we'll be doing a tactical breakdown on him. So we can inform you about what and who he is. Okay, let's jump to part two then. Your questions right after this. And you can get hold of the TGT non-profit merch, the Gold Cap, now available, as I have been saying for the last few days. Thank you to everybody that continues to buy. Thank you to everybody that continues to help support uh, Macmillan Cancer Support and the Arsenal Foundation and our local embroidery uh, business that uh, helps to produce Uh, the embroidery on the hats as well. So thank you to everybody that's got involved with these. Fantastic to see so many people sending in their messages. If you do receive them, I want to see selfies. I want to see you tweeting selfies. I want to see you tweeting the Cancer McMillan support. I want to see you tweeting the Arsenal Foundation. Send in your photos. uh, Tag me. Tag all of those relevant sites and let people know that you're helping support some fantastic causes none of this money goes to me at all um it's going to help some fantastic things and helping people around the world and in the local communities as well okay um let's go into the chat box let's go into what you guys are asking what you guys are questioning i'm sure there's lots of stuff about chelsea we're going to talk about that of course as well Okay. Uh, Zanda says, the chaos Chelsea are in. Why would any top manager look at that and go, yeah, that's for me? Only an upcoming manager would take the risk and Chelsea fans don't want that. Zanda, um, with respect, I think it's a little naive to uh, to suggest that no one's going to go there. If you think about it, Chelsea effectively can give you a bit of a blank check. Todd Bowley just spends and spends and spend. You've got the ability to work with some really exciting young players, Enzo Fernandes, Mahalo Mudrik, Badi Um, of course a lot of homegrown players, Mason Mount, Reese James, Ben Chilwell still there. Um, you've got the ability to work with a lot of good players. Um, yes, it's it's not the best place. Yes, it's a lot of work, but I do think there's going to be a lot of managers that are going to be open to taking this job and it would be probably a little bit naive to suggest that they won't unfortunately um, but that's the way it goes I wish you were right Zander I really do but I don't think that you are uh, Lynn says Tom would you start Trossard or Jesus against Liverpool Jesus uh, Saka Jesus Martinelli is my front three we'll be doing our preview show on Thursday Uh, for that game so yes uh, but that would be my front three I think Jesus has to come in I think Trossard's been great but Saka has to start and Trossard's been great from the bench as well I think it gives you the opportunity to bring him on for Jesus give him a bit of a rest if you want him to he's done a great job uh, providing assists but it's a great problem to have It's a really really good problem to have eyes peeled of course for Chelsea against Liverpool on Wednesday that's going to be one to watch um Tebby says, what do you think prevented Arteta from getting the sack in past years? Do you think it was the pandemic? Do you think it was a lack of fans in the stadium? Or do you think it was the FA Cup win? Um, I don't think it was any of those things. I think it was him as a person. I think it would have been the way in which he built the relationship between himself and the ownership and the executives at the club. And I think they very much bought into the idea that this was a longer term thing and that it was going to be a bit rough before it got better and I think that they've fair play to them for sticking with him fair play to them for doing what so many didn't do Um, I think that it is ultimately down to Arteta. It's not an outside factor that he stayed. I think it is purely down to what Arteta has done, what he was doing, what people could see he was trying to do and what the club believed in him. And I think that faith has obviously been repaid and they knew it was going to take time and years to turn things around. We always hear Edu and Arteta, you know, the the talk of the word process obviously gets overused, but in its purest form, that is exactly what it is. And Sometimes, as I use the analogy of, if you're going down a hill, and I always feel like Arsenal were going down a hill, was certainly declining at the end of the Wenger era. For me, even though our position in the table got better under Emery, I don't think it was arresting the slide that was eventually going to happen. And we saw that happen in his second season, where we were sitting something like 8th to 11th in the table before Arteta took over. The slide was still going on. And when Arteta comes in and we're sliding down this hill, when you press the brakes, you don't stop. You don't stop when you press the brakes. Unfortunately, when you press the brakes, you keep going for a bit. And then when you put your foot on the accelerator and go back up the hill, it takes time to turn that around. But there's no quick turn. It's a slide turn up. And that is what we've seen from Arsenal. We've seen a gradual... Arrest of the slump. And we saw that really happen last season when we then competed for a Champions League qualification place. And we have seen the most rapid of upturns this season with as Arteta predicted. It's not just luck. It's not fluke. You know, these guys at the club have been talking about this for a long time. Arteta said last season, or I think he was in 2021, he said, this is going to go bang. He said it. Edu said that he doesn't want to talk about Champions League. Elneny in the summer after the Nuremberg friendly said... We are going for the title. Before the season even begun, that was the mindset. And that's what we've experienced so far. Um, Let's go. (laughs) Diomi says, we did turn like a truck. You're right. It was a significant slump. It was a significant slide, but it was all worth it. It was all very much worth it. Uh, Christian says, the title is near. Let's, I mean, first of all, before we go any, let's not tempt fate too much. Yeah, there's a long way still to go. How do you think losing out on the title? (laughs) It's a cheerful morning, this, will affect the group of players. We know how last year's disappointment affected the group this season, and it was in a very positive way. Love your work. You, you recovered the question with positivity at the end. Yeah, you know, I have great faith that obviously what happened last season and how we missed out on top four was a catalyst for this season. And I imagine no matter if we win the league this season or if we come second this season, that we will continue to push on. The idea is that this Arsenal team will continue to improve, that this process will continue to go, this project will continue to bang and uh, hopefully one day we'll get there. Headsy says, apologies if you already covered this, uh, but the ticket situation is so frustrating. I need to see radical changes from Arsenal in the summer addressing this issue. Uh, I haven't talked about it today. Uh, I have talked about it on previous shows. I've actually reached out to the club about this. I've written an article about this with a response from the club directly to myself and Football London Football.London and you guys as fans. The club is trying to do things to tackle this problem. There is technology in place that is trying to tackle um the bots and the, the, the bots that obviously are snapping up lots of tickets. The problem is, is that unfortunately there is, there are some limitations the club cannot control. There are some limitations the club cannot uh, deal with. There's a 60,000-seater stadium and there is more than 60,000 people that want tickets. Forget the bots for a second. There is more than 60,000 people that want tickets. The problem, as has been highlighted by myself and by other people that go to the games there are still empty seats that can be seen in the stadium. And these empty seats are coming for a number of reasons. Some of them are season ticket holders that just aren't going, which obviously there is now measures in place to try and deter that from happening. If you don't put your ticket on the exchange, you can risk losing out and losing your season ticket. That can happen. Um, And another reason for it is obviously the touts. And the touts, unfortunately... um, will buy up tickets and then put them up for extortionate prices and some people and people can't afford the prices that they put them up for. And in the end, they don't end up selling them and that leaves the stadium a bit unfilled. Now it is in a 60,000 seater stadium. It is not surprising to see some seats that aren't. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Some people on the day can't go. Some people get ill. Some people... Uh, miss their train. Some people just don't get to the games. So if the expectation for you is that for this problem to be solved, we will never see an empty seat in the stadium again, that's not going to happen because just because of life, there are going to be a few empty seats here and there. The problem is right now is there's more than just a few. There's a lot of empty seats still in the stadium, even though we're told that 60,000 plus seats have been sold. There is still plenty that are missing. And as I've highlighted with a number of points I've brought up there, they are there are reasons for that, but the club are trying to work it. Can they do more? I think there is more that they could do. I think they could introduce a ballot system. Um, I think that they could introduce a system in which it try and deters touts from getting tickets. Um, but unfortunately, these touts are very well organized and they are going to be, as Tim Payton described it on the ask blog yesterday, uh, a couple of days ago, Thursday, I think it was no Friday, it was. Um, they're very well organized. They're very, very integrated into the gold and season ticket systems. And unfortunately, uh, they know what they're doing. So it's going to become very, very difficult to do that. Paul says, Tom, uh, there are touts outside Arsenal's underground station and they were selling upper tier tickets for £240 each. No wonder there's empty seats. You have to also think there's not going to be a lot. Or maybe I'm underestimating or being ignorant to it, but there's not going to be loads of people you'd imagine turning up to the stadium looking to buy tickets off touts. I, maybe I'm underestimating that. But with the amount of empty seats, that backs my view on that. What I think needs to happen is that they need to have start, they need to implement more plain clothed police officers outside the ground, around the ground, so that obviously if you're a tout, you're not going to be touting where there's you know uniformed police officers around. They need to start having plain clothed police officers going into these situations where a tout approaches them about selling them a ticket and they make arrests. That's what, in my view, needs to happen. Again, my understanding of the police system is next to nothing and it is purely a strategy come out of out of probably watching loads of tv but in my view that is i don't see why that would be a problem maybe anyone that works in uniform can give me a, a reason as why that couldn't happen maybe there's a shortage and i know that there are shortages in policing maybe that's one of the reasons why but and there's a lot of obviously worse crimes out there than touting going on um but there is a lot of police that are involved in match day processes i don't understand maybe why They can't introduce more plainclothes officers to try and walk around the stations around Arsenal to tackle that problem. So uh, uh, there you go. And Paul says, Tom, they were doing it next to the station and they were doing it next to uniformed police. Um, I can't speak on that, Paul. It's obviously what you've seen. But um, yeah, that is a shout. Um, Let's go. Matt says, this might be a stupid question, but how are touts able to purchase so many tickets? As I said, Matt, um, there's a lot that have like multiple seasons. Multiple gold memberships, so they know that the price of a season ticket or the price of a gold membership is not going to be as much as the money they make from touting tickets for hundreds of pounds a game. An Arsenal season ticket can range from eight hundred, nine hundred pounds to you know tens of thousands, obviously in the club level. But in the in obviously the the more general seating areas, your, your season tickets are averaging just over a thousand pounds. If you can sell five games for two hundred quid, you've made back your season ticket so that that's ultimately how it works um and it's yeah it's kind of crazy um and uh, big white clock says maybe the police have got better things to do apparently they're stupid comments for myself to make that i don't necessarily think they're stupid comments as i said there is a lot of police presence at games um anyway that is there so you could argue that some police officers and i'm not talking about uh, I'm not talking about loads of police. I'm talking about a handful of plainclothed police officers monitoring touting situations around stations. I don't think that's a stupid comment. Um try to be more respectful with your way in which you retort to me as well in the chat. That'd be great rather than putting abusive comments in the chat as well. Um, Tom says, surely you could have the box office sell any unscanned tickets at the time of kickoff with the possibility of confirming via the app if running late uh, or with ID checked accounts. Certainly IDs for me, the way forward with ticketing and I mean, photo ID, we need to put photo ID on tickets. I do think that you should be able to transfer tickets potentially to like say if you've got um friends and family that go instead of you to some games maybe you've got kind of um a maybe you've got kind of a close circle of people that you would give tickets to. So when you buy a season ticket, maybe you could have like one or two people that are attached to that season ticket that have photo ID attached to that season ticket. So if you want to transfer it to your brother, your mum, your sister, your friend, like your best mate, you know, you've got say a season ticket, you could have two close people that you have also photo ID attached to that same ticket. So when it's scanned, it's it picks up one of to three people. I don't know if that's possible. It's just an idea. You know, it is what it is. Um, let's go to boom, 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 boom. Uh, Amira says, do you think Chelsea would have given Potter more time if his run of bad games were behind closed doors? like Artessa? I kind of addressed that earlier with Temi's question. I think it was, no, I don't think so. Um, I think it's just ingrained in the way that Chelsea is as a club um says uh we can't be seeing the clusters of empty seats in the clock and the upper end of the title appreciate you addressing it no of course mate and the whole the reason why i reached out to arsenal is because i know people like yourself and loads of others are really frustrated at this really frustrated with the fact they can't get tickets red members that have been going for 15 odd years can't get a ticket all season for this season, even though they've been going for fifteen years. You know, I'm a bit back and forth on the whole. You know, for, how do you measure loyalty? That's something else that's come up a lot. You know, I think uh, Sophie talked about it on the We Sleep Eat uh, We Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast that we do last week, and she brought up the point that there's people that have been going for years and years and years, but now can't get a ticket. It's difficult in in essence to measure loyalty because what's more loyal? Is a fan that travels all the way from Australia to watch Arsenal and pays a huge amount of money, that's that's loyalty. That's very loyal. Is somebody that's a Red member that's been going for, you know, since 2002 when the membership scheme started and now can't get a ticket this season, that's loyalty. You know, is somebody that has a season ticket for the last five seasons, you know, that's paid over £5,000 to go to as many games as possible, That's loyalty. Someone that is just an Arsenal fan and wants to go to a game and has been an Arsenal fan all their life and has never been to a game before, but has supported the team and watched every game or maybe missed a few, they're still loyal to Arsenal. You can't measure loyalty. No fan is more fan than another, in my view. And I don't like it when some fans turn around and use the word genuine fans. I really have a a struggle with that sometimes. Struggle with that terminology because someone that's not gone to Arsenal because it was tough. Now, let me talk to you about my other half's family for a second. My other half's family are Charlton fans. Charlton have been a team that have been up and down the table. One time they're in the premiership. Now they were down to League Two, went up to League One, have gone down to League Two. Some, If you go to the Valley, of which I have done plenty of times uh, now, of course, um, to show my solidarity with the other half of the family, it is a dead, empty stadium. Like there's some good chanting and there's a lot of fans that go there. But there is, it's a, what, 20,000-seater stadium is the Valley? Something like that. And it's poor, oh, a 10th filled, maybe? An 8th filled potentially? Are the fans that have decided that they refuse to go and refuse to give the club money because the way the, the club has been run has been so poor, are they not loyal still? I have an issue with that. And fans that have gone through the tough times and fans that have chosen not to go through the bad times, I don't necessarily look at those fans and say, oh, but they've not shown up during the bad times. I don't look down on those fans at all. They've made the conscious decision and said, no, the club has been running in the way that they don't agree with, and they will not commit money to that. My only issue with those fans is if they don't put their ticket on the exchange. That's the only problem I have. If you're a season ticket holder and have voted with your feet not to go, That's your choice. But don't take away the choice of somebody else. So put your ticket on the exchange and give the opportunity to someone else to go. That's what I would say. But there's a whole thing about measuring loyalty, what is a true or genuine fan it's a very difficult discussion. I don't think you can measure loyalty. I think there's lots of things that show loyalty to a club, whether you go to games or not. And that's kind of a difficult one to get on the back of. But I know some people feel very strongly about that, but that's just my opinion. Uh, DJ Rudy says, Tom, uh, the cost to take them to court is a lot more than what happens to them. They all just get a fine and they claim they are on. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's true, Rudy. Um, obviously, that's very much speculate, speculatory, is the word. Um, it's the same about touts at the stadium I don't know the process I don't know enough about it I'd argue that a lot of us don't know what the ins and outs of it is about the strategies about the problems about why it's, it's easy to put a tweet out on Twitter and say this is a huge problem Arsenal you need to be doing more but without us knowing more without us knowing more about the process it's very easy for us to jump on Twitter and put a tweet out but we need to do more. That's why I put in the effort to go to Arsenal and try and get a response to them. And even when I did get a response to them, people weren't particularly happy with the statement that they gave me, which is fine. You're never going to please everybody. But they are trying. They are trying to do stuff. They can do more. And I think there is more that can be done. But they are aware of the problem and they are trying to do it. Um, It just might take some time as things have shown to be at Arsenal, things take time. Um, Langer says, it's indeed live. Thank you so much for choosing in. Uh, Again, would appreciate that. Um, Let's go to uh, William Sillyback says, Tom Rogers or Potter to Spurs? I think Rogers, I think it probably will be Rogers. Um, It might be Potter. Who knows? Um, But I think it might be Rogers. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Whoever they get, best of luck in that Well, not best of luck you know what i mean <laughs> good luck with that sort of job ridiculous um jonathan says um says tom arsenal have a huge following in east africa our fan group here in ethiopia organizes blood donations events and other charitable events it's all about making a positive contribution yeah look um It's not just in Africa. All around the world, Arsenal have a huge following and fan groups uh, in places like Ethiopia, in places like Jordan, which obviously the Arsenal Foundation have been doing a lot of work uh, work with the Arsenal Vision guys, um, making positive contributions in any way we can. It's always going to be very, very important. Uh, Yomi says, Tom, talk about Newcastle United. What what do you want me to talk about? It was, you know, I mean, Joe Willock should have been scored, should have had a hat trick on the day, to be fair. And it was just a representation, I think, of um, where Man United are at as a club. I think they've overperformed in certain, incircumcer- certain circumstances. Don't think they're as good as what people make them out to be. I don't think Eric Ten Hag has done as good of a job as what some people are claiming. Um, I, th- I saw a video yesterday. I think it was on I think it was TalkSport. Um, I think it was Alex Crook was on, was on TalkSport suggesting that Ten Hag has worked a miracle. I think the terminology was. I think that's ludicrous. I don't think Eric Ten Hag has worked a miracle. Look at the team. Look at the amount of money that Manchester United has spent. Look at that starting 11 and see how much each of those players has been bought for and look at how much the bench has been bought for. So to say to me that Man United currently sitting fourth in the Premier League behind Newcastle, one point above Tottenham, seven points above Brighton and Brentford, tell me he's done and worked a miracle. Are you joking? There's no way that he's worked a miracle. He's done a decent job. He's arguably done about as good as what Oli Gunnar Solskjaer was doing. You know, because Man United still getting in the Champions League under Solskjaer, still getting top four, still spending big money. Has he really got them any closer to a title challenge? No. No, he hasn't. And he's spent a silly... It's his first season, sure. That is the, the big mitigating circumstance, that it is his first season. But with the amount of money that had been spent before he was there and is being spent when he is there, there is no miracle work going on. It's just not. It's just not a miracle. He's done a decent job, about as good as what the previous manager had done, which, to be fair, in his first season, you could argue, is then better than that. But to suggest it's a miracle. I get the criticism of the, of the Glazers. That's fine. I don't have any issue with that because to put the club into the amount of debt that they have after they came in with apparently no debt there, you know, is it shows you that there's, there's problems in football, not just Manchester United. But to suggest that Ten Hag has done and worked a miracle is is uh, too far. I got abuse for saying that yesterday, <laughs> as you'd expect. Twitter, ah, oh, abuse. <laughs> surprise, surprise. But uh, yeah, uh, it's ridiculous to suggest, I think, that he's done a... He's worked a miracle at that club. Um, And he says, I can't wait until Eric Ten Hag gets sacked. Uh, He has been so overrated. What he did actually spent money to buy his boys back from Ajax. He's turned Man United into a mediocre team. It's the biggest scam this season. Look, they could go on to win potentially two or even three trophies. You know, they won the League Cup by beating Newcastle in the final after beating... Teams that, you know, if you look at that run to the League Cup win, it's, it's again, it's nothing. And they caught Newcastle in their worst period of the season. And then Newcastle proved when they're actually on a bit of form, they can absolutely comfortably beat Manchester United. In the FA Cup, similar story. Um, And they've got, who have they got? Is it, who have they got in the uh, Man United fixtures? Who have they got in the semi-final? They have got, uh, bah, 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 bah. why is it not showing me? FA Cup semi-final, Brighton. So hopefully, it's a decent team, Brighton. Hopefully, Brighton will do the business and Brighton knock them out. If not, we're hoping Man City go far. They've got Sheffield United. You'd expect Man City to go through again, Sheffield United in the semi-final. um, And then they'll probably end up beating whoever they get in the final. But um, yeah, we just got to hope that Brighton do us a favour there because we don't need Man United winning more trophies. And then Europa League, um, have they got Sevilla? They got severe in the next round, had they not? So um, the kings of the Europa League, if you like, but not having the best of seasons. They've sacked. I think they sacked their manager this year. Um, they had, obviously, they beat Barcelona in the round of thirty-two. Fair enough, but Barcelona are probably the worst iteration of Barcelona team we've seen in a long, long time as well. It's not a miracle work. It's just, it's just not worked a miracle. I'm not having it. I'm just not having that. Man United are an average sides that got very fortunate when we arrived at Old Trafford. They. We were cheated out of our first goal and uh, then we had to go hell for level, which opened us up. And unfortunately, we were beaten there. But uh, we were well-deserved winners at the Emirates and we've firmly put them in their place. And unfortunately, pundits such as Gary Neville have really, really uh, undermined their what I used to think was really good punditry. Gary Neville used to be one of my favourite pundits call me criminal for that but he was one of my favorite pundits I thought his analysis was really good I thought the way in which he looked at things objectively was really good not the best head coach in the world of course when he went to Valencia but you know I thought his punditry was really good and I would actually listen to Sky Sports to hear what Gary Neville had to say but now it's just personal it's just personal and nothing can nothing can legitimize the abuse that he has suffered from other Arsenal fans which I do not condone I do not condone any of the abuse that he has been sent on social media and anyone sending abuse on social media should face the relevant consequence of that, which unfortunately we all know they won't. However, there are a lot of people, myself included, that actually kind of backed his level of punditry, that appreciated his level of punditry, that are now just done. Just just done with, with Gary Neville's words on Arsenal, with what is clearly a personal frustration. He has... Um, unfortunately received questions from people that have not abused him, that have not been over the line with him, and it just gets personal again and quippy and snarky, and it's just not it's just not good. It's just not good punditry, unfortunately. And uh yeah, it is what it is. Hopefully, Arsenal can put those opinions of his in his place and we'll move forwards uh with a right right big smile on our faces come the end of the season hopefully uh we've got a long way to go we've got nine games left hopefully we can do what we need to do thank you everybody for listening uh really appreciate your time as always do drop a like on the video uh if you've been affected by anything we talked about today if you have got any thoughts about anything we talked about today leave a comment in the comment section down below also i've noticed a little bit of a trend recently of people saying i've said this i've said that in the videos if you could leave the minute to where I say things so I can double check if that's the case, because I, I speak for 30 odd minutes, sometimes a lot longer. You know, it's hard for me to remember everything I've even said on these shows. So if you've got something I've mentioned in the show, try and leave the minute in which I say it. And if you are going to quote me, quote me accurately. <laughs> don't say I've said something and then it turns out I've not said the thing that you've said. It's important to get quotes exactly right. Trust me. As a journalist, I know these things. You need to quote people correctly. Uh, So do let me know if anything you've uh, thought about today's show, leave a comment in the comment section down below and uh, always try and read through as many comments and reply to any questions as I can. Thank you for listening. Uh, I will see you tonight on the Arsenal lounge. It's Monday. So we've got an 8 PM show. So do tune into the Arsenal lounge with myself, Mo and Lev. Uh, Always a pleasure to chat with those guys. And uh, yeah, we'll be live 8pm UK time. Thank you for listening. I'll see you again tomorrow here, of course. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute.